0: Welcome to Venture Unscripted, a podcast where we talk with founders and entrepreneurs about their journey from zero to one. I'm here with Mateo Dario uh, from Bosch. So today we're going to be talking about innovation and we're going to be talking about some good stuff with systemization of innovation a more of a corporate structure, which this is a very interesting conversation. Um, but why don't I hand it over to Mateo and just ask you know, why don't you introduce yourself, give a little background about you and Bosch? Of course. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, so my name is, as you said, Matteo
1: currently working for Bosch Rexroth, uh, which is the industrial automation division of Bosch. And I'm located in beautiful Chicago in the Chicago Connectory, to be more precise, which is located in the Merchandise Mart. In my current position, I am trying to take a look at the future of industrial automation and see where new technologies might pose uh, a threat to our business or if there is a new technology that is relevant and interesting and we haven't harnessed yet, we want to learn from it and potentially build uh, a business, a side business that is that is not affecting our core business, which is provider for automation components, right? Mm. Uh, and we want to see if, to be more specific, we want to see if new technologies like cloud systems, general software, because we're not skilled in software yet, also blockchain, we're very active in that sense,
0: could become uh, relevant to our industry. Mm, That's awesome. I mean, we were just talking before this and I didn't know how prevalent in the US, Bosch is a huge player,
1: right? It is, it is, it is. Uh, In fact, we are 400,000 employees company. Our brand is not as recognized in the US and North America in general as it is in Europe and in Germany, obviously, Bosch being a German company, right? But we are essentially operating in four main verticals. The most famous one, the largest one is obviously automotive. We are the largest tier one supplier for automotive mm. and we produce everything from, from steering uh, to firmware to all the electronics components to wiper blades, spark plugs, uh, whatever you can think of. The second big vertical that we operate in is the industrial automation, which is the one that I'm representing at the moment. Another one that we are very active is power tools and um, consumer electronics, which is why probably we are most famous for, um, you know, washing machines and you know, power tools like like uh, drills and things like this. And then the final one is energy and uh, smart cities and smart buildings. Right, so uh, we're trying to. Uh, cover all of these uh, applications.
0: That's awesome. I mean, taking things that aren't traditionally smart and making them smart—that's a pretty cool. That, that's our job. Yes, yes. that's our mission. Our <laughs> <laughs> uh, our CEO uh, a
1: couple of years ago mentioned that um, uh, by 2020, I think we want to connect all the things that we have, all the products. So uh, I think we are we are, you know. At a good level, I would say we want to connect everything. We want to. We're really pushing IoT limits Mm. in every direction. Yeah, Mm. that's awesome. So, what is
0: innovation to you?
1: Well, innovation to me is—I'm gonna say something cheesy—thinking outside the box, right? We want to uh, tackle a new problem in a way that
0: uh, has not been solved before. Mm. So, absolutely. Now, some of the things that make it even more challenging, I know, is so I'm coming from you know. Prior, I've worked in Silicon Valley with these startups, and when you're working on a startup, you're just so agile because you're a small team, right? So you can just talk to customers, you can get feedback quickly, and then when you start to expand this to a corporate level, it, you can get bogged down in process, right? That's right? And so, I mean, when I was talking to you, and you were just saying some fascinating things with how Bosch is really almost creating a great system of innovation within Bosch and outside. Well,
1: well don't get me wrong we still have plenty of internal processes and checklists and you know and hidden checklists that you have to follow and procedures Mm -hmm. so i want to give the impression that we are so agile but in in reality we are very regulated and strictly regulated especially for for the automotive automotive industry right you have to be compliant with a lot of um, uh, regulations and policies right so uh, but for other fields uh, maybe newer fields software related kind of things uh, which regulations are not in place yet uh, yes for sure for sure we can be more agile in that sense and maybe not only on the uh, internal process things but we are trying to more uh, to be agile in the process of creation mm. the, in the process of sparking innovation uh, and generating
0: new idea that can be successful right mm. so yeah, how how are you doing that? I mean, that's I, I was when I was fascinated when we were talking because I, you know, I, not only did I do a, a startup, I also worked at KPMG, which is also another large company, and I was like, man, we we were trying to figure this out. And Bosch is really, I mean, you've developed some cool things. You're doing.
1: Uh, we did, we did actually. Just to give you an example, in um, Robert Bosch North America, we have a program called Innovation Framework, mm-hmm. and as the name suggests, is a series of workshops, a series of, of events where everybody within the organization can come up with an idea at the beginning and come out with something close to a product, right? Or an MVP. Maybe you can
0: provide more definition as to what those four different workshops are.
1: Right, so uh, the the core of the Innovation Framework Program is uh, this series of four workshops where uh, experts within the company uh, will guide you through through different uh, techniques in understanding if an idea is worthy to be developed or not, right? And so we mentioned, for example, the Business Model Canvas, the Lean Startup Approach by Steve Blank, and and, and others. The series of those four workshops, there is an angel round, we call it the angel funding round, where experts from different divisions within Bosch will sit down and listen to your pitch, right? So you're essentially asking for a small sum of money to develop an MVP. Uh, And this fits perfectly within the concept of Alex Osterwalders, right? Um sure. that, that, that says often, he's often referring to the fact that you don't need a large, expensive R&D team to do innovation, right? You need the right idea at the right time, but most importantly, you need to kill inefficiencies, right? You need to kill those ideas that, that don't show good market fit, right. uh, and this is what we're trying to do in a systematic approach. So we sit in front of the responsible, the heads of those divisions, and we ask for a small amount of money. So that's why it's called angel pitch. Uh, And then after the pitch, we have a period of time, which is usually three months to five months to actually develop the MVP, okay? With the money that we've got. Uh, Once we finish the MVP, we are ready to show it. We have a more concrete idea on what we want to do. And then finally, the, 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 the last act of this whole process is pitching in front of the North American president, mm-hmm. okay? And so he's a uh, North American president and also the CFO and other other big decision makers, right? Uh, and so uh, it is really important at the point to have a, a clear MVP that um, portraits your idea and you show numbers, you show what you measured from the market uh, and then uh, the final decision is actually in his hands and um, whether you can continue um, giving your idea to an existing business unit and further developing it
0: or whether your idea has to be killed because you know there is no uh, future for it so sure. so w- would you say it's, it's a, akin to kind of seed round funding after that, at you're doing that analysis okay. then? Right, so, right. No. And, you know, what, what I just
1: described is one of the many internal uh, possibilities that uh, people with cool ideas, innovative ideas have to develop something, yeah. right? Uh, we have many other opportunities. For example, the automotive electronic division, which is one of the biggest, has its own framework. Right. Mm. Uh, we also have a corporate entity that takes care of business model innovation just to do this. And instead of having uh, somebody taking off time from his daily work to pursue these ideas, they actually employ people to, to follow, to do the due diligence, due diligence for you, uh, to
0: scout the market and do customer discoveries for you. Wow. There are so many different ways that Bosch so is really great. investing right. in this. That's amazing. I mean... I mean, especially I think the, one of the things that um, really resonates with me is you guys seem to be a culture that's embracing failure, and I mean that in a good way. Where some people shy away from it, right? Because they're like, "Okay, we we can't fail." And and, you, and you're saying failure is finding a way to successfully not do something, mm-hmm. right? So um, you that, did, you didn't fail. You found a hundred things uh, times uh, that, that didn't work. That didn't work, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so that's what it seems like. Bosch is just really embracing, right? And, I love that. I mean, how, how do you guys also, I mean, just as a side note to this system we're describing, how do they instill a culture? It is even harder to do this when you realize that
1: uh, Bosch is deeply a German company uh, mm. with with a great culture, okay? Uh, it, it's an amazing company, amazing culture, love everything about it. But in Germany and in Europe, we tend to think that failure is something bad, right? Oh so God. we want to stay away from it and we... Uh, we are, as I say, we are more theoretical people, right? We, uh, we, we, we try to design a hundred times and then do once right. well, right? Do it right the first time. Uh, whether this other approach, uh, this uh, entrepreneurial approach, right? It's more a pragmatic American approach, right? So right. Uh, where you do a hundred times and you learn along the way, and then eventually you will do it right. So it is a push, that has come later uh, in the last couple of decades, and mm. especially starting from here, for North America, uh, thanks to these programs. But uh, now it's spreading through the whole organization and um, any um, level and any region.
0: So uh, we, we are truly embracing it, yes. Now, how did you guys... I mean, maybe you do or you don't know the background of this, but how did, it seems like a very Silicon Valley-esque way to do things, right? So how did you guys end up with that because even across the US, I mean, shoot, the East Coast, in the Midwest, we're still trying to figure out in mm-hmm. this Silicon Valley way with Steve Blank and all these things you're mentioning.
1: It's ironic to say that all of these uh, innovation framework and, and cool stuff are happening in Michigan, right? Yeah. <laughs> Outside Detroit. We have a te- research and technology center in, in Silicon Valley, uh, but they are doing really advanced stuff. Mm. Uh, to do any other type of business innovation, we don't have a specific center of competences, right? We can do this anywhere we want, right? So I guess I guess to answer your question, I don't really know uh the secret sauce behind it. Hmm. Uh, but I know that uh somebody at the right level got the right idea to uh to get in touch with Alex also Walders and Steve Planks, and you know they fell in love with the methods and uh they said uh, guys this is the future this is the way forward and we need to embrace it mm-hmm. and and now i guess it doesn't matter where you are any region any division uh we, we can do this right we can help you
0: oh that's awesome mm-hmm. yeah and so just to reiterate that the steps are basically going through the customer discovery process right going out get out of the building trying to find out an idea really to fast forwarding to the whole process and building an mvp pitching it in front of Really, some angel internal angel investors. Mm-hmm. And then, once that you know, once you get some funding, what happens now? A well, question comes to my mind is if I'm working for Bosch and my idea, let's say I get some angel money, do I continue to do what I've been hired to do as my day job with, with air quotes? You do, you know, yeah. in, in the sense, um, under the scope, under the umbrella of
1: the innovation framework, mm-hmm. uh, you will continue to do your job, you do this, but then you dedicate uh some time to this voluntarily okay now uh, things change a little bit once you are in the final phases of building this mvp uh and especially if this mvp is accepted by the the steering committee the decision committee right at that point your job title might change your division might change according to where's gonna be the house of this tool or product or service that you have developed so it's really difficult to say beforehand uh, it, it all depends on how good you are in um, building your idea um, mm-hmm. and how good you are in selling it to to the company. Mm-hmm. And you know everything happens in, inside the company, right? So, I guess the positive thing is that you have somebody that can help you. Yeah. You have mm-hmm. a safety net, right? And the, the second part, the second part is that you are acting as an entrepreneur, but without the risk
0: of being an isolated
1: entrepreneur, right? So you always have
0: the company behind you, huh? right? that makes sense and, and you were just saying you know if you're successful you may change your job title and, and one of the things that you were saying with MDP is you know pitching it to the executives what, I, what I'm trying to think of too is what metrics and I'm sure they vary from product to product idea but what metrics would they be looking at would, mm-hmm. would they be looking at you know is, is that revenue I would imagine not is that is that usage of users or is that what, what does that look like
1: so typically revenues are not measured because uh those ideas, those MVPs are not sold yet, right? right? So what we base our assumptions and what we try to measure is uh, customer stickiness, mm-hmm. um, other type of measurements that, you know, if you if you open one of those, Osterwalder's book, you can find, right? So we want to measure customer acquisition costs, for example, those mm-hmm. are easy things to do. Customer stickiness, how, how uh, willing your customer are to stay, to remain once they have subscribed to your product or service, right? We, we try to do uh, fake web pages, for example, where, where we uh, then measure the, the number of visits, the hmm. clicks, uh, the interest. Uh, we do fake videos portraying products. Hmm. Uh, even if it's not fully functional, if it doesn't really exist, we're trying to gauge
0: interest in the sense, right? That makes perfect sense. Yeah. 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 Now, question about that, Dan, is, do you also need MVPs? Do you guys use Bosch's name? yes yes of course yeah Yeah. okay and the reason I ask that question is because a lot of corporate entities you'd be surprised and maybe you know this is like that I've worked for and with they are since they're so afraid of risk they also want to de-risk themselves by saying hey our our brand and our reputation is everything I don't want to attach my name if this is a failure you know or if we can't deliver on it so that's really interesting Bosch stands behind that's awesome yeah yeah yeah
1: of course Um, actually in every customer interview that I've done uh, I've always said that I work for Bosch and, you know, uh, and I had no problems with that. So, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Oh, good.
0: Good. Now, if you were to talk to, you know, the audience at large, what, how, how does someone go about implementing, you know, because if they have zero, zero innovation things, because you guys have not only the internal stuff, you also have the external stuff, right? I mean, you're partnering with startups as well, which is pretty impressive. We do.
1: We do. So a couple of things that I can um, outline. First of all, I'm I'm a great advocate for uh, creativity. I believe that everybody should have should spend some time outside his comfort zone, uh, learning new things, talking to people that are not really uh, in his industry, so that you have you know maybe new ideas can 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 arise from that uh, exchange, right? And another point that I can bring to the conversation is the current approach that we are doing with our Chicago Connectory. So the Chicago Connectory, for those who don't know, is a joint venture between 1871 uh, and Bosch, right? Mm -hmm. And in 1871 being the largest startup incubator in North America. And and Bosch is a large corporation. So what we are trying to do here in the Merchandise Mart is a dual approach in the sense that uh, we want to engage with uh, partners and startups in an inside out way and an outside in way. So, we want to bring Bosch people working here in the Connectory, which is not a Bosch office. So, we are out of those uh, regulations, out of those processes, right? We are, we can act freely. Uh, and then we want to bring also expertise from the outside world. And, and we have more systematic programs for engagement. Uh, it can be a, a cohort of teams that have the task to solve a specific problem. It can be a hackathon or it can be simply a meetup, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Somebody who's engaging the the community around uh, distributed ledger technologies or machine learning, for example, can come here and and have a meetup, a monthly meetup on on the topic, right? But also we have, as I said, um, other partners and startups, for example, the, the, um, uh, the University of Chicago has teams here Uh, And we are developing extremely cool applications using our sensor and technologies and their expertise together, right? Mm. And uh, it's a win-win situation.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, so you've got this internal program that you go through to get funding. I mean, employees do. And then you've also got, on top of that, outside-in and inside-out approaches of having Bosch employees work outside of the Bosch environment and then having startups helping fund that and helping support them in some way accurate that, that, that's true
1: you know sin- since I'm here located in the, con- in the connectory I'm actually uh, exposed to, to a lot of uh, very smart and interesting people and you know I'm always joking with everybody if I were uh, to stay back in my office I wouldn't have a, mm. I never would have had the chance to to meet them right oh, yeah. and know that they are doing this uh, yeah. and, and it's, it's a great window on technology on on the latest and greatest and Oh, that's awesome! Yes. Yeah.
0: So, how does you know? For large organizations, I'm sure executives are going to be listening to this podcast. And what I mean, how would they go about taking their organization from zero innovation type programs to to what Bosch has? I mean, it's obviously a more mature model. How would they even start?
1: Right. So, um, I would say the most effective way, and I and I said it before in the in the, in the conversation, is. You don't need to have a large, expensive R&D team to yeah. do innovation, right? Uh, so I, I something that I really got out of the interactions with uh, Alex, also Walders, was that uh, you need to start somewhere, okay? But you need to start, and you can start with what you have you can start with the people that you have you can start with a small sum of money this is important right you you need to realize that there is a very high dropout rate uh, not all the ideas are gonna make it through and you need to be able to understand that you need to find the right market fit right and so mm-hmm. start slow uh, listen to your customers there is no truth in the building right so go out talk to real people mm-hmm. Uh, make sure to measure everything. This is another thing that it's key for every business, right? For every startup and, you know, a larger organization. You need to be able to measure everything. Otherwise, you never know where you are and you even know what you need to improve, right? Mm-hmm. And so get what you want. Uh, start start slow. Uh, put together a team of people. Don't waste a lot of money, but uh, empower them into uh, really scoping out and looking for those ideas. Mm-hmm. And then if it's a... An, an, it's, if they are talking about something really concrete that has a potential, this idea will make it through. They will pivot along the way, and uh, it,
0: it will, will go on its own way. But yeah, awesome. Yeah, you know, I mean, I really appreciate your time. I mean, I, I imagine all the listeners that are listening to this are are excited because you just articulated people don't need a lot of money. They don't. They can use the existing people they have. So mm-hmm. that's a really empowering thing to think about. Okay, I think you just need to, you know a lot of the things you said, like get out of the building, lean startup, looking into those things, it sounds like a good place to start.
1: And, and you know, obviously be curious, mm. uh, learn different things. Don't just focus on your area, on your uh, group of people, uh, get out of your comfort zone. Uh, and for managers, uh, ju- just embrace creativity, right? Mm. So uh, something that I really like to do is one day a month, do a hack a in-house hackathon right mm-hmm. and so uh, try to bring things together and, and, and do something that you couldn't do otherwise in your daily job and you know and
0: sh- just to create something have, So awesome yeah well I really appreciate your time of it's course. been awesome thank, it's you been thank you very much
1: thank you very much